We just go into it, man. You all right with that? Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're already rolling. Oh, we're rolling. All right, man. Fucking rolling, man. Hey, Mike, I appreciate it. Uh, absolutely, Thanks guys. Thanks for being here. So, uh, yeah, so Greenfield's finest. Yeah. <laughs> that's. What, I guess that's what I, the category I fall under as a human being. Oh, all right. The qualifications aren't too high, you know? They don't, <laughs> it's Greenfield. <laughs> they don't, it's Greenfield. They don't, ask, they don't ask much, that's for sure. <laughs> Hey, man, I got some of that water coming, right? Yeah, let me get you one. Hold on. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Absolutely, dude. And, it, and, and what is this exactly? This is uh, Greenfield's finest alkaline water, dude. It's the best alkaline water you can get in Greenfield, sourced in Greenfield. No, it's not really, but we had an idea... <laughs> For like a, like a fucking garden hose. It's it's actually it's actually from uh we got cases of water from somewhere else, yeah. peeled the labels off and nice. stuck our own on. But yeah, we did it for like a bit and then I posted the picture and then people started hitting me up like where can I find it? So I just start making shit up and just saying like, Oh, That's it's gonna great. be sold at all the convenience stores <laughs> in Greenfield, dude. Like everyone wants it. The, meanwhile the the stickers to put on there cost more than anything. Yeah, like don't get sued by like, you know, Walmart or some shit, right? No, no, no. That's, a, the fuck that's, that's why we don't, we're deciding we're not going to sell them. <laughs> Greenfield's fine. So before we talk about, uh, oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about. But, you know, what is the deal? What is, I sound like Seinfeld, mm-hmm. what is the deal with online fishing? Online, oh, me? Yeah, what, well, what the dude, hell is that? <laughs> well, dude, I got fucking caught up in it. Like, during the pan... <laughs> you got, you got, caught up in online fishing oh, during the pandemic it was like I, I i was just like looking for shit to do and i went on my, i went on playstation it was a free game and i'm like oh i'll download it and i downloaded it and then like i had this piece of shit rod they gave me and i was catching these tiny fish so i, I, you I got a rod yeah like, like a virtual rod right like, yeah i'm not like i'm not like in my house like real man i had to ask <laughs> so, so i got the virtual rod and it's like a piece of shit rod and i'm not really catching nothing so I'd like go on YouTube, like everyone else does. Like, how do you catch more fish? And like, you got to buy a boat. You got to start. And dude, I spent like probably three hundred dollars in like you know fake fishing equipment and boats because I was <laughs> you actually like, tell people that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was going nuts at home. I mean, we I was still working, right? But like, I was fortunate enough to be working, but I was like stuck at home. So it'd be like, get off work, come yeah. home. Get off work, come home. And I was like, I got into it, and like I don't know, I like lived in this online fishing world where like i made little friends on there and i had the headset on and we would go like be like you know i'm going to st croix and i meet me over there you know by eight o'clock we're gonna go on. so i'm like fishing with these dudes and they're i think they're cool and then shit starts opening back up and like i go on to fish one night and i'm like these dudes fucking suck <laughs> once i got back to society i realized like dude these dudes are fucking losers and i'm king loser because i'm the one like organizing our little fake tournaments like what the fuck am i doing and like you know so online fishing is fucking slowly faded out of my life and my girlfriend's thrilled but, but dude it was i would imagine it fucking sucked a lot of time out and a couple bucks out of my pocket but Got oh, me through man. the pandemic. So, in general, how, I mean, how are you doing, man? I mean, we could talk about how that's affected your industry and, and just broadcasting it's, and comedy and the whole thing. It, but how are you doing? I mean, we're honestly, I'm doing like I do. I'm doing well. We, uh, luckily, like I'm. I work in the landscaping business, mm-hmm. and we're deemed essential. So financially, we didn't. I didn't take a hit. My girlfriend, fr- yeah, my girlfriend her job she was an essential but she got unemployment the whole time so like right. 
neither one of us got affected financially, but mental health wise, like my anxiety was like through the roof. Sure. And like, you know, I felt bad for other people and shit. Like, I mean, I seen people like that weren't getting used to getting a paycheck and now they're not because they've been working under the table. They're not bad people, but they just, you know what I mean? That's just the path they chose and they're like struggling. And I see my friends losing their fucking businesses and I'm like, and it's like still going on. It like it's blowing my mind. I'm like, mm-hmm. it, it that that part of it's hard. Like I I can pretty much like I'm pretty I can deal with what happens with me. It's like I have empathy for others now. Like when I see like my friends who worked their whole lives to to buy that bar on the south side, and now they opened it and it's fucking getting shut down. And I'm just like, you know, like what can I do? You know, it's like is there, I ask them that. Is there anything I can do? And the podcast, like it was weird. I um. Our numbers crashed during really? the pandemic. They fucking crashed. And I was, like, freaking out. Like, people just think it I sucks. I wouldn't have predicted that. I would have predicted the opposite. That's what I thought. So we went and, like, did some research. And, like, you know, we kind of have, like, it's almost like like a bootleg barstool sports type setup. <laughs> and uh, they were saying how, like, their numbers crashed. And they're, like, that's who, like, you know, the, the highest mm-hmm. platform for us. We're, like, looking at it. And a dude explained it. He got on there and said, People like to listen to us when they're at work and when they're at the gym and when they're driving. They're not doing any of that right now. He said, people aren't sitting in the house just listening to podcasts. And I never thought of that. Like, in all my boys and, like, a lot of the people I talk to, they're like, oh, I love to put the podcast on when I'm on my way to work. Right. Or I love to listen to right. it. They have their little ritual when they listen to it. And that was... It's like a lifestyle thing. Yeah. And then now that part of their life is taken away from them. It's like... So we had to shoot the video. We didn't even shoot nothing. We um, recorded it all through like, like it was like Zoom, but without cameras. You know what I mean? It was all audio. I had dudes like we were hooked up and it was just fucking terrible because you feed off each other's energy. Absolutely. And my boy's in fucking, you know, God knows where. And he's talking, he's in his basement hiding, smoking a bowl. So his wife and kids don't <laughs> see him. And, you know, coughing into the thing. And my other boy's just like, you could tell he's zoning out. And, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm going to fucking do this. But we were like, we just stay consistent did every week. And as soon as we were able to get back to a studio, right. we went back with our buddy Todd DeFazio. And then, like, things just started kind of, like, like building back. And now it's, like, it's better than I ever thought we were going to do with it. I really didn't know what we were, it was going to happen with it. But it's the numbers and the people that like it. I think you sh- you know from having your own show, like, mm-hmm. that that's the biggest fucking perk. Like, when if I'm, like, going down the street in Greenfield mm-hmm. and someone stops me and they're, like, dude, I, fucking, I got a gear grinder, you know? And I'm, like, what, what are you talking about? Like, on your show, I got a gear grinder. <laughs> Why are you going Kogos and they make me give my ID for cigarettes? I'm fucking 52 years old. Like, come on. It's grinding my gears. I'm, like, my man, you know? I'm, like, this is fucking pretty fun. Kogos. Yeah. That's good. No, I, I understand what you're saying, especially in regards to when you start. I mean, for me, in the beginning, I mean, I, I did – you know, I kind of somewhat have an idea where we're somewhat headed now. Somewhat, yeah, a little bit. In the beginning, it was just a free for all, and and you know you do these shows, and then you're like, is anybody watching? Right? <laughs> is anybody? Is anybody yeah. out there? But then slowly, you know, you realize people do, and it's rewarding, and you can't explain it to someone that doesn't do it. Right. But there's something really intrinsically like awesome about that, right? When when I check the numbers, like I'll check them daily, and mm-hmm. I'll go on Anchor. That's where we check our podcast listens, and um, when I see they're going up, like it, it just makes me feel good because, it, like, they're it's like wow, this is like all that hard work we've put in for 
the past right. eight months, every week, you know, some of the episodes, they're not all hits, right. but we fought through it and did it. It's like, it's worth it now because it, like, I realized that like consistency is the most important thing. Absolutely. Cause if you're not consistent, like I, I was on a podcast with guys that were super busy and they were like, they wanted to do the podcast, but they, they couldn't do it every week. And like, eventually they just got tired of it. They were like, ah, oh, you know, and then I was like, I kind of wanted to start my own anyway. So, yeah. well, you got to be passionate about it, obviously. Yeah. It's like anything else, it's, it's we talked about it off camera. If you have a passion to do something, then you're going to do it. Right. And if you don't have it, that's okay. Right. But, you know, re recognize that. And but the, the consistency thing uh, in most businesses, as, as I'm sure you know, is, is the key. But in broadcasting, it's got to be. It's got to be there. You're... Every successful broadcaster or show has consistency. Absolutely. I mean, you, like, I come in here tonight and I'm like, holy fuck, I thought I was in, like, it's like MB NBC <laughs> Studios. This, this, this Disney World, how they wouldn't do this. <laughs> this, is, this they is... wouldn't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, dude, I was like, I was like really impressed. I'm Thank like, you, man. This I mean, is, it means a lot. You, yeah, you can tell, like, you did a nice job decorating and, like, it's hooked up. It feels like, like, it's like got like a cool vibe in here. Thank like, you. That's, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. It doesn't have any kind of plan. And believe me, there wasn't any plan outside of, you know, having a six pack of beer at the time and just stapling things to the wall but um the all i really wanted to do was to have these conversations like we're doing now and have it like a really cool and cozy place yeah I use that word cozy you know, not the most masculine word in the world <laughs> no. but but i just wanted it to be people can make and unwind you know the word derail has a negative connotation but i like that because Busy, 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 you know what I mean? Like, you're frazzled, and they walk in here, and it's like, they just, blah, let it all out. Yeah, I you mean, that's, that's what we were doing before. We were just bullshitting, just talking. Like, yeah, it's nice when you're, like, not in a hurry to go somewhere, when you're not, like, being forced to do something. Right. It's like, that's why I love doing, right. like, the any podcast, really, especially, like, and you know this, because, like you said, with the passion, like, but when I get in there, like, I, I just feel like that's my, like, you know that's my happy place i mean obviously like i love my girlfriend everything like yeah that's just like something that i like i didn't know i always wanted to do until i did it right you know it's and a then, recurring theme i hear that from everybody that's in the i'm going to use the big hip word right now mm -hmm. everyone that's in the space <laughs> in, in the digital or the podcasting space they say the same thing the ones that really i talk to they're on my radar who continually are having success with it and having a lot of fun. Yeah. It's like, I really fucking dig it. Yeah. I really like it. And that's what keeps me going and doing it. I mean, there's never been one time in 130 episodes, including tonight, that I didn't want to come down here. Yeah. You know, I, there was a couple times I was tired and I was trying to figure out things in the my you know my business part of my life and my family and all that stuff. But I never didn't want to come. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't want to come here. I was ready to come here and do it. But there's the, that's the funniest thing you said because there's I know exactly how you feel like I'll be outside I'll be working all day it'll get to be five o'clock I'll like go home take a shower get ready go to the pot and like up until the point like where I'm about to leave there's times where I'm like fuck I you know tonight is gonna be rough and I, I you still go and I mean so many people in life those are like the people that succeed that you still go even if you don't want to go and then once you go you're so glad you went because you're like fuck I would have missed that yeah. You know, yeah. like, how could I have missed that? But you just have to push through those feelings because someone told me one time, they said, feelings aren't facts. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. The other thing, too, is, you know, this term is very popular and it gets bastardized a lot. But, you know, half the battle is showing up. Well, no, you need to show up and then do great work. Yeah. But you'll never get to that work if you don't show up. Right. That's... So you got to get there. Right. 
that's 100% true. I mean, yeah, you're going to have a shitty podcast if you don't show up. It's going to be pretty, it's, it's be pretty <laughs> yeah, fucking lonely. Yeah, exactly, I would have been sitting out front exactly. right now pretty pretty pissed. Like, where the fuck is this guy at? All right, so comedy for you, like, you know, uh, you're a Pittsburgh guy. Truth yeah. True, right? Yeah, my whole and, life. And, and you did you grow up in Greenfield? I grew up in Greenfield. I'm, we moved there when I was like seven. It was just me and my mom. Uh, we moved. That's where she grew up. Right. So she wanted to get out. We, she was like, living by my grandma but she was like i i want to go to greenfield and then took me there because it was weird all of her friends that she hung out with were either from oakland or greenfield right and they all stayed and then they raised their kids there so now i have i go there i don't have any friends but now all of a sudden within like a day i meet all these kids who she knew their parents you know so it was fucking great and there was such a large group of kids like i feel like i mean like i didn't have a lot we we were kind of like you know on the low end of things but like like I, f- I never felt like I missed out on anything. Right, like, right. dude, because we had a great growing up. You know, like kids. I was part of like the last group of kids that was. We'd go meet up and play basketball, or go swimming, mm-hmm. or do that shit when we were like ten, eleven years old. Do by, stuff by ourselves. Actual things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't we on the winter we would like you know bang out the Nintendo a little bit, but I mean the summer it was like that's what we were doing. Want to we be outside. Yeah, and then it continued like we were like thirteen, fourteen. We went to older ice. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, now you want to try to get pussy, and you're, you know, <laughs> you're going to barrel parties and drinking like five or six piss warm Milwaukee's best ices and <laughs> pissing your pants. <laughs> Milwaukee's best ice, ice. Yeah, that's the five point nine, folks. That's not no, none of that pussy five point one shit. <laughs> and I remember like, like drinking and then like and stuff like that. And we had we just had a great time and. You know, I can just remember like stories like we laugh about today, like, you know, getting drunk, passing out down there and waking up and you pissed your pants and like laughing about it. And like it was embarrassing at the time. But like to tell you the truth, like, I wouldn't have traded those times for yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, my life's I'm super happy today. I'd rather have my life the way it is instead well, sure. of pissing my pants. But, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like those times we had younger, were they were pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. So you... Are a recovered alcoholic. Yeah, and addict. And, and addict. I yeah. didn't know that part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I pissed my pants when I was 14. What the fuck do you think was going to happen, Eric? I don't know, but at what point in your life... Let me ask you this. What age were you when you recognized, you know what, I got to get my shit together? Oh, I mean, dude, I was... I mean, by the time I was like 17, I was like 16 working in at Minio's in Squirrel yeah, Hill. Yeah, Good people... I worked there. I mean, and like I would like get beer every day after work. I would get beer every day during the school day, and it's sort of being like the thing. There was like a weed crew and a beer crew, and a weed I, crew and the brew crew, the brew crew. <laughs> and I was definitely with the brew crew. But like I never, I wasn't like the, drinking on the weekends. I was just drinking every day. Like them right. dudes would smoke a joint, and I would like sneak a forty in my backpack or a couple cans of beer and hammer them like outside of school, like it was funny. But by the time I was like seventeen going to be 18 i just like i drank every day and like i never thought nothing of it till someone was like dude i don't know if we can get beer tonight and i fucking like snapped you know i'm like what the fuck you mean and they're like dude who gives a shit you know just don't drink tonight and like i didn't realize how ingrained in my life had become and i I didn't feel dependent on it did it have a a hook on you yeah by the time especially you know i was just drinking i was terrified of drugs um up until i was like 18 and then like i started like hanging out with like different people when they were doing different stuff and I, that's when i like tried cocaine and pain mm-hmm. pills and uh, that's like 
I don't know. That's when I remember the big pain pill explosion, like when the oxycontins and all came out, and you know, got caught up with that. And like at the time, I was working jobs, making like like sixty dollars a day. So you can't support like a right. major drug habit on that. So some like, do. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I, like, don't, I don't know how that's possible, but some do. And, but for me, like I, I was like eighteen, nineteen, like twenty, and then like by the time I was like nineteen, twenty, I tried heroin, and then after that like i was off to the races and then i ended up in like homeless shelters like i remember being the washington city mission being like 22 years old Mm -hmm. and i'm like fuck dude like what am i doing with myself like i and i would always tell myself like i'm gonna get help this time i would do really good i'm i was a really good starter but i would never finish anything and that was like one of my biggest character defects because I, I would do, I would start real good and everything to appease everyone else. But meanwhile, inside, I still didn't give a shit. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I did it for everyone else. And once that like feeling of, I thought you were done being proud of me, I really didn't care if I stayed sober or got high. Got it. So, I mean, fast forward, like I just went through like 15 years of getting clean, getting high, most of the time being high. And, um, what age were you when you really just said this is enough? 33. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll actually have five years sober this Monday, August 31st. And, um, God bless you, man. Thank you. Yeah. At that time, I was like riding a bicycle to the methadone clinic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Funny. It's, dude, <laughs> you're riding a bicycle to the methadone clinic. I'm living on, sleeping <laughs> on my mom's couch. I like stole a bike from somewhere and then it was like my only form of transportation. So I'm going over to Homewood every day, this Kelly Street methadone clinic, riding a bicycle. And it's, my life is fucking hell. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to the methadone clinic. Sometimes I have a job. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I go to Home Depot and steal power tools. Like I just was like insane. And it was like one day it was the weirdest shit. Like this girl was like, do you want to smoke crack? And I'm like, oh, absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go smoke some crack. And she was like, oh, my fiance is not home. I'm like, okay. Like I didn't know where this was going. So we ended up going back to her place and she ended up like leaving and like to go hook up with the, like she was like i guess she was a hooker you know what i mean and she was like did her thing and came back but her fiance came in and he was sort of flipping out and he thought we were hooking up I'm like dude i ain't hooking up with your girl and he said to her where's your ring and she like had sold her engagement ring wow that he like just got her but he was on drugs too like but that right there they were fighting and i didn't know, have nowhere to go and it was like five in the afternoon and i was over in brookline and i remember i just took a pat bus down to um I took a pat bus to Mercy Hospital, and I, I checked myself into detox. It was like, since I was on methadone, they were like, we're not just going to take you off. And to be honest, when I went down there, I just went there because I had nowhere to go. Wow. Yeah, so I was like, fuck it. At least I have somewhere to stay for five days. And they let me out of Mercy Hospital, and I was like, I'm not going to make it. So I took a bus over to Oakland, and I was seriously going to go to Rite Aid and steal a bunch of electric toothbrushes, and I was going to sell them. I don't know what the market is for electric toothbrushes. <laughs> Why electric toothbrushes? Because they were the easiest thing to steal. Because <laughs> like, they were small. They're small, and they're some of them were like 100 bucks. You could take them to this one store, and this store would give you like 30 So like, I, was, I get five of 150 bucks, And um, that was the one thing about drugs. Like My life could have been that fucked up. It was, but like as soon as I got high... I felt like not everything was okay. So that's why okay. drugs, that's why it was so easy for me to get addicted. Like, that I got, was your normal. I got okay with being a piece of shit because like, I felt, oh, I'm fine. Like, it's okay that I don't know where to live and I'm riding a bike around. 
and um i went in to do it and i seen this chick outside and um i started talking to her and then, like i don't know i went to rite aid and i just like i don't know what happened i just couldn't steal the toothbrushes and i western psych was right there so i went and checked myself in so i was gonna kill myself and they you, you told them that story although that wasn't true you told them not to get in there to get in there and they okay. end up sending me to a hospital and from that hospital to you there right they did immediately right so they were like what the fuck and then it wasn't my first trip there either they were like i'm like dude this time i'm serious cause welcome it, back they were like all right and they were like they're like what do you want to do and i went to um from there i went to mckeesport hospital and from there i went to pyramid altoona and i remember like when i was to pyramid altoona there they were like you can stay on methadone if you just want to get off the xanax and everything else and i'm like that sounds like a great idea and there was a dude who had been working there for like two years who had been clean he was kind of like remind me like a he was just a big ass dude but remind me like a dude from greenfield and he was like what are you doing i'm like nothing he was like you're gonna stay on methadone i'm like well yeah you know he's like dude if you stay on methadone you're never gonna leave this shit whole time you're gonna be stuck in altoona the rest of your life no words registered with me for 15 years but those did you know and like i'm like really i'm like dude i don't want to he's like you don't have to be stuck places anymore if you build something, it's going to take time. It's like you, you can do whatever you want. But I promise you, if you get on methadone right now, if you stay on it, you'll never be able to do what you want again. You'll always be on methadone. So I was like, all right, let me try it. And like I, like I was sick. Everyone who knows that, that you, you're sick for a little while. And um, eventually you get start getting better. And that's what happened with me. And I went to a halfway house voluntarily. And um, from there, like I just got into 12-step programs, like pretty heavy got a sponsor worked the 12 steps you know was up there for about a year and then i made a decision because i had a job opportunity that was the thing like because i was doing good my buddies back home seen that and like my friends before are still my same friends they weren't the ones getting high right yeah they loved me they just didn't want to see me all fucked up but once right. i started doing good they're like dude we got you can stay with stutch and you you know my buddy stutch was like you could stay with me and we got you a job with Maison, and you know they're starting off pretty high, and like it was more money than I was definitely making. I worked at a like a GNC warehouse up there, right. so it was like eight or nine bucks an hour. But I, and, but the thing was, because I was working the twelve steps and I changed my life, like I, I wasn't miserable. Like it wasn't the amount of money I was making. Like it was like I learned to be like content with what I appreciate what you got, mm -hmm. you know. And it kind it's kind of with me humility. To, yeah, it's like, fuck, dude, I'll go work for $9 an hour. Because I remember I used to ride a bicycle around and steal electric toothbrushes. You know what I mean, cuz? Like, so, <laughs> you can't make that one up. No. So I, 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 took the, I, I took the job down in Pittsburgh, moved down with my friend. Um, got a, right, I got a year sober. And then me and my girlfriend met through like some weird circumstances. Like I, at the time I was like lifting weights and I was, you know, just trying to get laid. So I was taking like creepy shirtless pics, like guys do. We throw, we throw, oh, really? yeah, we throw. Hey, those floating on the internet anywhere? Yeah, oh, there's a couple on some old Facebook pages that are expired. But, but she was like, You're all gonna start looking for them. <laughs> but but she she liked it. And then like I said to my buddy, my buddy's like, dude, I seen this one chick like through one picture, and I'm like, who? You know, and he was like, "This chick Addie." He was like, "I, I know her." And I'm like, "Yeah, she's she's kind of hot, dude." He's like, "Yeah, she is. She's friends with my wife. Like, I haven't seen her in a long time." So I sort like messaged her and messaged back, and next thing you know, we end up going out to eat, and we've literally been together every day 
but I could say there's probably been five days in wow. the past four years we haven't been together. But like, I'm not sick. It's not like, oh, it's like that. Like, I still go golf. I still have a life, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, at the end of the day, like, I always go to sleep next to her, and that's a great feeling. But to like come from fucking being like, you know, when you think like you're a worthless piece of shit and you'll never achieve anything, and you've convinced yourself like, accept you've accepted you're just gonna be a drug addict the rest it's of your a life. A lot of years though, man. For yeah, it was. I mean, dude. People were like, I mean, like one way I, I've looked at it, like, like I lost those years, but like, I think those years kind of molded me mm-hmm. into like the person I am today because I was an idiot, but like I definitely learned a lot. And like one thing is I don't want to go back. Like the, right. I mean, I, I'm still like in recovery. I'm still sober. I'm still like, I'm, I don't think it's okay for me to drink. I don't think it's okay if I would go smoke weed. I don't think it's okay for me to take a pill. Like I know where it leads me to back. Right. Stealing toothbrushes. <laughs> the toothbrush bandit. Toothbrush bandit. You need to get a shirt with that on. I, I, I should, dude. I tell a joke like hell on stage. No, it was weird because like me and my girl me and my girlfriend, we were like sitting there together for like two years. Remember the dirt came out the Motley Crue movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great movie. I yeah. loved I loved Motley Crue growing up. And I remember during that movie, they're having the best time ever. They're doing tons of coke banging millions of you, chicks you live that life no i know that's a, she, and making all that money part of that life yeah i lived the drug part i didn't bang a million chicks and make any money i know that <laughs> but she said to me she's like oh i don't want to watch this movie with you and i'm like why and she was like well the, you know it'll remind you when you were getting high maybe you want to get high and i was like if it was like this when i was getting high <laughs> i would still be getting high it wasn't like this that ain't the gutter yeah i was like i don't <laughs> think netflix is running a special by a 30 year old dude who's lived on his mom's couch and rode a bicycle back and forth to the methadone clinic periodically stopping and stole off electric it's still electric toothbrushes like it's just not that interesting like i'm not the most interesting Although addict that's pretty good though yeah there's something there yeah there's something to work with yeah it's just chipping away man just chipping away here <laughs> Well, so did you start really thinking about comedy the moment you got clean? No, like throughout my throughout, I'd say the past like my whole life, people always said to me like, "Dude, you're like the funniest dude I know." And I mean, I think every neighborhood has that guy, you know, like, "Oh, right. you're funny." And I never really, but like from being in so many different treatment centers and stuff, like halfway houses especially, because you're with these guys for six months, right? And um, the last one I was in, these dudes were like, "Dude, you fucking should do comedy," and I was like, you know, I always wanted to do it. I really did. Like, when I was a young kid, like, I remember seeing, like, Eddie Murphy and watching in Living Keller mm-hmm. and Jim Carrey when he did Fire Marshal Bill. Like, I'll <laughs> never forget that on, like, Sunday nights, like, sitting down and watching yeah. Living Keller. And um, I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, my buddy Croft does comedy. Maybe I'll have to get up with him. And it kind of didn't work. Like, it just was like I put it on the back burner. And then when I brought it up down the road to my girlfriend, I was like, you know, uh, Jack's brother Joey is doing a comedy show and asked me if I wanted to be in it. And like, I, I really want to. I just want to try it once. Mm-hmm. And, and she was like, "Go ahead. I think you should." So I, you know, wrote a little five minute bit, and you know, I went up there and did my little guest set. And I was like, "I was like, all right, man, that was great." You know, like people laughed and stuff. And then like two days later, he was like, "You know, before you do the next one, you should go to hit some open mics." And I'm like, right. oh, "All right." So what is that for people that don't and open don't go to shows? What are what is because you hear that a lot? Yeah, an open mic is like basically. Like, uh, it's compared to like football practice for football players. That's like where you go, you try to work out material. The crowd's not there for comedy. They're more or less like there at the bar chilling 
And like, if you know, if you're good enough, you'll get their attention. Got it. it but I mean, more than likely, they're probably gonna sit there and keep watching Wheel of Fortune, <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> or muted soccer. You know what I mean? Muted soccer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we fucking and I went there and I was like, I had these high expectations because the first time I did comedy, all my friends showed up, so it was like, it wasn't that. Right. But this time I go to this shithole bar in Homestead, like right by the train tracks. Which was reality. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, what the fuck? And I don't know the guys that are comedians. Like, I just got pointed in this direction. Right. I signed up to be on this Facebook page. Now I'm following these people around. Right. And I went down there and I just like kind of froze up and I ate a huge bag of dicks. And <laughs> I was like, I, and the train started coming. And I'm trying to, I can't remember my jokes. The train was coming. I'm just like, I, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good tonight. And the dude was like, so I walk outside and this, uh, this dude, Chris, came out and like followed me. Like, hey, man, what's what's up? I'm like, dude, that was terrible. Like, you know, he's like, dude, of course it was. You've been doing comedy for like 48 hours. <laughs> the fuck did you think was going to happen? But I had unrealistic expectations. Right, of course. So, of course. He said, dude, if you really want to get good, you got to like fight through that next time it happens. And like, there's been so many times at open mics where like you'd steed a bag of dicks, but the reward comes like, if you ever get an opportunity to be down the improv or something, right, or even in a neighborhood bar, but like I was, I got to do a show New Year's Eve down the improv. Uh, Matt Lighthouse show it was mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm gonna give you a, a ten minute spot. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. And by that time, I had accumulated like ten minutes of material, so sure. I was I was ready for it. And I went up, I did it. A lot of people did come out to see it, but um, people I didn't know like came up to me afterwards and were like, you know, gave me an attaboy. You know, that, right. hey, I, I thought that was funny, and they'd like refer to something back in the joke. And it's, t- it's a tight community though, isn't it? What's like, that? Comedians in general. Dude, I, I, I would say this like, it's as tight as you want it to be. You know, like if you don't want to fuck with no one, no one's gonna fuck with you. But if you get out there all the time, and like you're hanging out with people and you're a good person, like yeah, it can be a great thing. I mean, my experience with the comedians is like, fucking, I, I really never had too many problems. But there's there are some that I talk to a lot more than others. Sure, you know what I mean. Natural. But, yeah, and um, but I would say yeah, it's a, but it's it's very um. If I'm being honest, it's very competitive. Oh, sure it is. Yeah, it's because you're up there and you're, I mean, like you want you want them to do good, but you want to do good. You know what I mean? And you start questioning, like at the beginning, I was like saying, like, did I do better than them? Do and like I, I lost what I was doing this for. I did it. I started doing it because I always wanted to do it. and It was going to be fun. And then I started getting this competitive thing in me, which I had to get rid of because it was a character defect. It was like hurting my creativity. It was just like, why am I so focused on what they're fucking doing? Right. You know, they're, right. they're not out to get me. Like, I just got to, like, be myself. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's, like, the best, funniest me I can be is when I'm fucking just myself. You know, it's... And, it, and that's, like, hard to get up there because you're trying it's to... a lesson in life in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, but that, like, you know, I made some good friends. I'm still friends with a lot of the guys. Um, you know, some of the women, too. You know, I'm, like, someone like Samantha Bentley and people like her... She's fuck, She's super cool, and it was cool because I've I've had a lot of those people over to Greenfield because we started doing comedy yesterday. It's like Kid Joey started. It. I help him do it now, and we put we've been putting together like fucking great shows over there. Like we had like I think Matt Light headlined one, Samantha Bentley, uh, Bill Crawford yeah. came and headlined one, yeah. and we, we had some fucking you know we hit some home runs over there. Ray Zawadney, do you know Ray Zawadney? I don't know Ray. Uh, he's a local guy, moved to New York now, but he was good. 
he like he came over he killed it but it, it felt good for my friends it felt like bringing entertainment to my friends right it, it was like a satisfying it, feeling i don't know if i can phrase this right so i'm just gonna fucking say it is it a goal of yours i don't mean a dream yeah is it a goal of yours to take this show on the road i mean to, to get to that level 100 percent. okay yeah <clears throat> i i mean 100 percent. i once i did um I, I did that show New Year's Eve. Then we I did another show in Mount Light. It was called The Dirt Show. And um that night was nuts. And there was like strippers down at the improv and it was just it was fucking pandemonium and I was just like like I wanna be part of this. You know what I mean? Like I wanna be like like I, I, I love this and I was like I'm gonna work harder and like I'm gonna like I'm gonna make it. Like I told myself, like I'm gonna make it. Like, I don't know where I'm gonna make it. Right, right, right. But I'm like I'm gonna make it. Right. And I think like it's like an attitude to have like with anything. Like if, like me and you were talking about before. If you try something and you give it a hundred and ten percent, and you go after it, you're gonna see you're gonna see some results. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes they're not the exactly the results you wanted, but you're gonna start going up. And sometimes shit just takes time. And I feel like repetition man yeah and that's and that's hard to explain especially to a lot of the youth as i talk down as an older person <laughs> but you know those who don't have the same experience like in the field that i'm in for business those who come into that field that really have all the tools yeah better tools than i had when i was that age uh but if they're not willing to put the time in or do repetitive work because repetition is everything it isn't even time mm-hmm. anymore you you have to be like you said prior, actively doing it consistently. You're right. You have success. In spite of your ineptitude sometimes, you'll have success. You'll surprise yourself. <clears throat> no you really question. will. And that's like the most rewarding feeling is the, the and I think a lot of times too, I learned to appreciate the journey. Like, okay, yeah, I want to, like, I really want to do this thing at the improv, but like on my way there working, I know it's in two months, you know, like I had it in my head, it's in two months, but I'm going to work really hard. And like the shows I was doing leading up to that and though, like I, I was just enjoying it, you know, and that night I was a ball of nerves. Understandably, like I think every comedian, like I wasn't like totally comfortable, but once I got up there and I, I got done, I, I just felt like, like, wow, like that, that all that work and all that writing and all like whatever, it, like it, it was worth it, you know? And that, well, sure. And like, I was like, I, I just had like the best time ever. And I was like, this is, you know, this is something I'd like to do. The journey in life in general is where the joy is at. Yeah. I mean, but I think we all learn that as a kid, right? I mean, there's things that you want, you know, your parents going to buy this for you on Christmas or, mm-hmm. or something's going to happen and you lust after this thing, this toy, this pair of clothes mm-hmm. when you get a little older and you get it and it's so underwhelming. Yeah. It's so underwhelming. The trinket meant nothing. And as an adult, you know, there's trinkets that you like, you like to have or you, or things you work for, but Man, it's the journey, dude. dude it's I'll t- the journey, <laughs> dude. I'll tell you a funny Christmas story. Um, I was like eight years old and I wanted a Nintendo. That's all I wrote on the list, Nintendo. And my mom was like, "Okay." And I come downstairs and there's a fucking snow shovel wrapped up in a bow. And I'm like, <laughs> "Snow shovel?" Yeah. And I'm like, "What's this?" And she was like, "Don't you remember? You said you wanted a snow shovel." I'm like, "No, Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo." <laughs> and she was like, "Well, try the shovel." And I'm like. We live in a fucking apartment building. I can't even shovel nothing. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it was like, it was probably like two years ago. I'm working outside. I'm working in Greenfield. 
surprisingly, and I'm digging a hole. And who drives by but my mom? And fucking, she leans out the window and she was like, "Good thing I got you that shovel." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know, if you fucking knew what you got me when I was eight was gonna end up being my fucking career, why don't you give me like a stethoscope or a briefcase or something? <laughs> got me a fucking shovel. And I'm out here digging holes, sweating like a whore in church. What the fuck's the matter with you? Is that the expectations you had for your kid? Sweat like a whore in church. Yeah, I'm like, that doesn't happen in Greenfield, does it? What's that? Sweating like a whore in church. They don't even go to church. Yeah. <laughs> they used to, right? Yeah. There's a lot of churches in Greenfield. There's a lot of churches There's, in this this town you're sitting in now. There churches is. Churches and bars is all there used to be. That In Greenfield, Greenfield's super small community. I love it. But there's 10 bars and there's 10 churches. <laughs> I mean, and like, I, I definitely have been to every bar, but like, I definitely haven't been to every church. <laughs> we were, um, but I was raised like uh catholic and then i went so i went to catholic school and stuff like that and right. you know i had all that that experience in my life but i know the older i got like i, I did still i still do like like church i'm not like anti-church like i didn't but i, I did start going to like a different church i don't know why it was like this dude took me to, it was when i was in the homeless shelter the dude took me to a presbyterian church and i'm like it's a little bit different and like for me i felt like a little bit more comfortable and um because I was like there, but I felt like I was like part of something as opposed to when, just from my experience, not, I'm not like saying this is how it is, but when I went to Catholic church, I just always got the feeling like I was just sitting there going through the motions, waiting for it to hurry up and be over. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I didn't get anything. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just, oh, just for you from my person. <clears throat> yeah. So right. I like, I, I like dug like the Presbyterian church. Well, I'm sure the Presbyterians are glad to have you. Uh, Absolutely, <laughs> a little toothbrush thief I am. Yeah. I'm sure you repented since then. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's part of the steps. You know what I mean? Go back and make amends for everything you did wrong. No, I didn't return. I, to, was, is there a toothbrush? Step in, in there. <laughs> there's a, you're supposed to right your wrongs as long as you don't harm others. Yeah. Make them. So, like, if I would go into a Rite Aid or a Home Depot and be like, "Listen, man, I fucking stole a bunch of shit." Um, I'm sorry about it. I, I don't think they'd be understanding. I don't think it would be like, <laughs> it wouldn't help either one of us really. So I'm just like, fuck it. You just did it tonight though. So you just, just you did it tonight. There was a girl. them know officially. There, it was funny. There was a girl who does comedy and she had told another comedian because her uncle came to our show. He goes, oh, I know that guy. She goes, how do you know him? He goes, I used to be a, well, he was, he still might be uh theft prevention at a Kmart. And he was like, yeah, I caught that guy stealing one time. And I was like, well, good, because it was actually twice. Right? <laughs> no, but I, I was like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, But he was like, I'm glad he's doing better. He looks like, I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> the, uh, the podcast, so how did, what was the idea behind that? How did that come about? Greenfield's Finest Podcast. Yes. What happened with that was uh, I was on another podcast with these other guys. Well, actually, let me start where I should, I was um. Colin Chamberlain, Ray's Wadney, this guy, Seneca Stone. They had a podcast down at the Improv, and it was called Chill Seekers. I was pretty new to comedy. One night, I was in an open mic, and I was just bullshitting with Colin, telling fucking stories from... And he was like, dude, I would love to have you on the podcast. So I'm like, dude, really? Because those dudes are like big dogs to me. You know, I was You're like, right. man, especially Ray and Colin. And I'm like, man, fuck yeah. Not to Seneca, I'm just saying, like, those dudes were like the... So I'm like, yeah, I would love to. So went down there. We caught up. We had a great time. And... um. The dudes who like ran it, they were like, Colin got my ear. was like, dude, if I wasn't moving to New York, I would like tell you to do your own podcast. I'm like, really? Coming from you? He was like, yeah, dude, name it something like Greenfield's Finest. And I'm like, oh, that'd be fucking sweet. So I got on a podcast with my buddies 
and they were like they were like two years into it right so when i came in and i had these ideas like if someone came on my podcast right. like i'll be honest i wouldn't be super open-minded to it of course not so they were like dude if you really want to do all shit you try to start your own podcast so that's what i did and i first i called my buddy jack because he's like a dude like me he worked in the uh, service industry forever got a ton of great stories mm -hmm. he's just a funny dude and um i was like do you want to do this podcast he was like yeah so I asked my other buddy Yogi. He smokes mad weed and he gambles all the time. So <laughs> perfect candidate. <laughs> yeah, he's he's perfect for what we're trying to get here. And uh, he was like, "Okay, I'll yeah, I'll do it." And then he ended up like fucking. He flaked out because he got kids. Like me and Jack don't have kids, so that he, happens. Yeah, he was like, he's like, dude, my kid got baseball and everything. I'm like, you know what, dude? Fuck that kid's baseball. Give a fuck. Fucking, you're done. No, but he fucking it just he just couldn't make it all the time. Well, then my other two buddies, the dude I work with, Rosado, this dude, Shuley, who, like, I, I've, since I started doing comedy, I actually dragged him along, too, and now he does stand-up. Okay. So I was like, dude, you guys want to come on a show and do it? And they're like, all right. And we, like, we started with me, Jack, and Yogi. By episode right. four, it was me, Jack, Rosado, and Shuley, and that's who it's been ever since. And, um, you know, like, we didn't know, we didn't really have a direction mm -hmm. i say what we were trying to do was like pick stories off the internet we'll talk about them and then stuff that happened in greenfield well like after two weeks we realized like we ran out of shit to talk about in greenfield okay. you know like what the fuck are we doing <laughs> and it was kind of like jack kept sending me funny stories from the internet i'm like this is great and then we came up with segments like what's grinding my gears and right. where right. that's like whatever bad happened you know like you're bitching about something um then our brother in arms which is like anything like it's like a couple of weeks ago, it was uh, the NBA player who got caught or who got in trouble because he went to the strip club. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's our brother in arms. And then our What Would Greenfield Do segment, which is just fucking, it's pandemonium. When that, on, during that, it's like the weirdest questions. Like, how many rats would it take to eat you before you got killed? You know, and you're like, fuck, dude. And you got like four goofs just sitting around, like looking at each other. Like, I think I can handle like 13. <laughs> I mean, and how big is the rat? And like, it's funny because like, there's dudes are so comfortable now that it's not like we're on a can't we're not right it's it's like pretend like we're not even getting recorded dude right because to me that's when the best shit fucking comes out so are you back to putting everybody in the same room because i yeah. watched the shows they were zoom the, re the last couple months you've been doing it via zoom no those actually aren't zoom the ones did you watch a recent one no okay the ones we we've been doing the way that he switched our producer switched it so now you can tell no, we're all in the same confuse me. Okay. it did it looks like jack's over here i'm in right. but really me and jack sit next to oh, each okay. other so jack okay. would be like right there and um shuli and rosado sit it's like an l Got sit it. there but Got like it. the way it's broken down i see what you're saying now like looks like we're in different rooms but no we i mean do as soon as the pandemic broke like it's kind of here it was like I, it was meant to be but the one dude wasn't comfortable with us coming to the studio yet and we knew we needed to get back because we're like dude we're fucking losing momentum like right. this sucks we're not good at the whole world was, though. yeah so we were like we got in touch with i i put something out on facebook some feelers one time and they told me this dude todd defazio so i i like hooked up with him and then he was like and dude i couldn't ask for like a better guy like he's super passionate about the podcast mm -hmm. goes above and beyond he very fair so like we can actually like afford to do it and right you right. know it's just like it, it all your producer yeah he's our producer and it's and like we're learning social social media like as we go like none of us had like a, a huge following mm -hmm. you know and people said to me like you should have got someone with a huge following like, 
I get your part, like we were saying with that, but like these are guys that I knew were going to show up every week, right. and like they're like You're these grow it together. Right? It's like, dude, it's like a, a it's like a softball team that did, never got started. You know what I mean? It's like four guys got every Tuesday. These dudes look forward to it. Like sure. you know, like Julian Rosado can't wait because they got kids. They're like. They're thrilled. They're there at seven. We don't start. Oh, they got seven. plenty of material too. Come on now, right? <laughs> and they're just like fuck. You know what I mean? Like the dude Rosado, it's great. Like every gear grinder every week's about his wife. You know, what I mean? people say like, we're just like waiting to like find her. Like here's like, oh, like find her in the backyard or something. You know? <laughs> but it's it's funny. It it's like a little it's like a little brotherhood, and we've been able to do cool shit um, during the pandemic. We were like feeding senior citizens. We were yeah, taking them meals down on Sunday, and like that's like something. Like I don't know where that somewhere came there's from. material in that too somewhere. Uh, there is. <laughs> I mean, because like the old, like some of these oh, old yeah. ladies, like oh, yeah. you get two sides of it. Like my buddy Shuli's drunk, and then he would say shit like that. One old lady's not that bad. <laughs> so I'm like, you mean the seven seventy year old lady who we just gave a fucking little plate of pasta to? You would fuck her. You know, is that where you're going with this? You know, I'm just saying she's not that bad. <laughs> like, compared to who? The other 70-year-olds in the building, dude? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But he, um, like, yeah, like, it, we did that. And then, like, I don't know. Like, I, I felt like, man, maybe there's, like, something more. Like, this ain't really about me. Yeah. Maybe, like, we could. Something bigger here. Maybe we could, like, do something, like, to help the community. And then it's, like, we're connected with Hazelwood. And it's, like, maybe we can help other. And, you know, that's, like, kind of, like, my vision for, like, yeah, if it's funny and it stays on, like that's a point. But like, if you can like help some people along the way, like try to promote a small business. Like we, we're fortunate enough we have sponsors, but once in a while someone will reach out and be, you know, absolutely. Like, dude, is there any way you could like mention? Absolutely, cause you know what I mean. And sometimes we've done shit for people, and they've come back, you know, a month later and been like, dude, we'd like to get get right. a spot on the show. Right. And be like, absolutely. And then right. now you got a customer, but it's like. It, 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 I really fucking like. I never thought when we started that anyone would want to commercial. I mean, have you ever heard the commercials on here? Yeah, they're, they're kind of like ridiculous, you know. That's like, all right, but, but that's again, it's new media. There's no right. rules. I know. Just I love it. They, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, let me ask you this: So you, you're a little older than I thought you are. So you, you know, you remember. I'm going to guess you absolutely remember pre-internet days. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, internet ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight really started to grab a hold. Social media, MySpace, I think was like two thousand four. There was something five. before that. There, remember there was AOL. AOL. Messengers, but yeah. Is that really was that social media? No. Like, how did that work? I can't remember. I, I remember. I can tell you, we were sitting in my butt. One kid in Greenfield had a computer, and we would go to his house, and he would like talk to someone, and, like put something up. And like it didn't have a picture, didn't have nothing. It would right. just say they're stacked. Like we were like fifteen, uh, so it was like say fifteen year old female California, and we'd be like okay, and we'd like message her, and like it could have been a sixty year old dude. We don't know. <laughs> he's sitting there, highly likely. He's sitting there, like you know, send me dick pics, and we're like, yeah, she wants to see our cocks, <laughs> our fifteen year old cocks, and we. But the, I remember sending those messages through AOL. But, like, yeah, it wasn't social media. It was just, that was the first interaction I ever had with Got connecting it. with someone yeah, yeah, over yeah. the internet. Yeah. They called it AIM or something. So, AIM message, A-I-M, or was that, was that, was that part of it? I, I don't know. I don't think I ever had an AOL account, period. Yeah, I mean. But you, there was Earthlink back then. Earthlink. What and, was Earthlink? Uh, like a, a domain where you would get an email address and it'd be like a portal. 
Okay. Earthlink was a search a search browser. There was Alta Vista. Like Google? Earthlink. Yeah, before Google. Okay. That's how you actually searched the web back then. Web crawler was another one. I, Those I were remember the browsers. Yeah. The names of the company. Alta <laughs> Vista. What was that? What the fucking name of those things? And then Google just came along and just destroyed them all. Oh god. Just, just destroyed everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean to this day you can argue how much they destroyed and how much they contributed. A little bit of both probably, but my point is, you remember comedy growing up before the internet age. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you the same question that, I, uh, that I've that i asked every comedian that's been on this show. How do you determine, you know, where the boundary lines are based yeah. on performance, if you have any? And I'm not being judgmental when asking that question yeah. because I personally don't think there really should be. Unfortunately, society is so uber sensitive and we're so caustic to each other now, you kind of have to have them. Yeah. But I, the spirit of comedy was that there wasn't any. You go back to Pryor and Lenny Bruce and, you know, uh, uh, Red Fox. And yeah. Those folks didn't have any. No. And if you, in, I'll say this like, I feel like if you're funny, you can be funny. And, like, and, and you can nail a joke that, like, Someone, there's a guy out there who can say a joke that another guy can't because he knows Absolutely. how. Absolutely. Like, you, there's a guy like a Bill Burr who can get up there and say a joke about abortion or something like that. That some guy. Jeselnik, right? What's Anthony, that? Anthony Jeselnik. Jesel, that's a Jeselnik. Am I pronouncing that correctly? He's like very. Yeah. Very coarse, like that. He that stuff gets over for him. And, and and those guys can do that. And then like if you have someone. It's about your presentation. It's about like really how you're coming off the. If you're a likable guy and you're making some jokes, that and, and you, you know you're funny as fuck, and that's just your comedy. And like right. people kind of have a like a a big name like a Bill Burr. I feel like people feel like even though they don't know him intimately, I feel like they know like they think like they have an opinion of him. Yeah. And if you're at his show, you obviously like him. So, so he, you're saying he could get away with that, but if Jerry Seinfeld went off script and said something horribly. Course, right? It would be. It would people It'd shock people. It would, and it would be like, "What the fuck did Jerry okay. sign for?" You know, <laughs> and it's not because I, I just think it's because that's not who he is. Yeah, you know, and he's never been that guy. Doesn't fit the persona. No, but I, I mean, like I see people try stuff in Pittsburgh, and I've seen them fail, and I've seen, you know, I, I don't. One thing I think is, like people, yeah, they get a, they'll get. There's certain things you you shouldn't say, and like certain things you don't say but like i think that um everyone's life experience is different mm -hmm. so it's hard like to you, it's hard to say like what's the you know i think you just go up there be yourself try your best and if like you do cross the line like that's what the open mics are for but what is the line i don't know you know i think for me i i all my jokes and everything relates to me about me being a drug addict, me being a piece of shit, like, you know, looking for hookers on the internet and things like that. And like, <laughs> oh, my God, looking yeah. for hookers on the internet. You glazed right out or glossed yeah. right over yeah. that. I mean, come on. But, yeah, I mean, that was like one of the greatest things with the internet was like probably like, you know, seven, eight years ago was back pages. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, dudes were like, told me about it. I'm like, wait a minute. So I can go on here, click on here, get this number, call this person, and she'll come over and have sex with me for this much money. And they're like, that's exactly how it works. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, I need to hit the powerball, but <laughs> I remember like doing shit like you know, and that's my life experiences. Right. Like, obviously, up until the past four years, you know, I don't right. do that shit now. But like back, like those are my life experiences. But I think if a guy, 
who like wasn't conditioned to usually talking like that, like go up and just start saying like dumb shit about it. Won't him. go over. It wouldn't go over, and people would be like, "That's the main thing." I feel like if it's funny, I think people were a lot more open minded. The people at the shows mm-hmm. are are a lot more open minded than the people on the internet. So if you say okay. something, yeah, I get it. If you say something at a show and you're having fun with the crowd and you you make it a joke, I think it's going to go over better. But if you post something and there's no no action with it. There's no, you know, you're not anim. They don't see your facial There's expressions. No context. no context. They don't see your facial expressions. It's going to sound Fuck like you're a fucking over. dick. Right. You know, so people, like, we've taken that too. Like, of course it's going to sound like shit. Like, some shit's funny, like a, a meme or something like that. But, you know, I've seen dudes, like, running their jokes on the internet. And it's like, you know, it's just not. Yeah. The, it, yeah, it's going to have the whole package there. For the, the delivery has to be, like, a whole package. Right. So, I, I mean, I would say, like, for me, yeah, I think that people. Uh, this is a question I hear a lot from people. But for me, being as new as I am, like there, there really hasn't been um, anything except actually there was one thing that people said you should tone back on. Okay, it was um, I I used to go to Asian massage parlors, you know, and like when when I <laughs> do tell, yeah. So I, the, the first the first time I went. They're like, I go in there. I didn't know. I was with this guy who was like a veteran of these. So, like, you can't really go in as a rookie by yourself. He's a freaking flyer. Yeah, he knew what was going on. He, t- he schooled me out in the parking lot. Like, <laughs> schooled you? How exactly did he school you out in the parking then, lot? He said, listen, dude, you're going to go in there. I'm going to pay them. You're going to go back in the room. Just get undressed. Get totally naked. Lay on your stomach. I said, I can handle this. So, I <laughs> do what he says. Chick comes back. And she's, like, massaging me. And then, like, I don't know... I'm like a little bit, I'm apprehensive. I'm like, do I ask for it or does this happen? And then like, I started getting like a little gooch massage, you know, like a little space between your balls and your butthole. And I'm like fucking thrilled, dude. And I'm like, oh man, this is like fantastic. And next thing you know, she like tried to stick. Well, she didn't try She stuck a finger in my butt and I like jumped up in my asshole clenched it like a Chinese finger trap and like her butt her finger stuck in my butthole and she was going like you know like you know like and I'm like I don't know if I like it's weird because I started thinking like all this weird shit maybe like maybe I'm gay I don't know I like getting my asshole and it was like just relax you just like getting a finger in your ass at the massage parlor it's not that weird I had to talk myself off the ledge but when people told me they were like maybe you shouldn't imitate the Asian woman's voice, that could be offensive, and I'm like, why? That's it was the reality of the experience. Yeah, and like that, and she really said it, like you know, like and like I don't, I, don't I wasn't like in my mind, I'm thinking I'm just telling a story, right? But someone, but then I have to think someone else's eyes are like, why? You know, you shouldn't do that. But why? If they paid the money to come to that comedy club, they knew the environment they were walking into. Am well, I right? It was it was around like right when I first started, and then someone had given me that advice. They said, okay. "Don't." So I I kind of like was like, I "Get it." All right, and then like I kind of go around some other guys who like I asked them the same question, and these were like guys I really respected, right? And they were like, "Dude, just go up and be yourself. You're a good dude. Don't worry about right. it." Right. You know what I mean? No, like, I get that. I so, get like, that. I think it's a process of working it out. Like, you know, like, you, you're going to get... I think there's going to be times... If you really have to question something, you know what I mean? Then it's fucked up. 
Did, did that did that person who was offended did they cost you? Did they bring it to your attention? They brought it to my attention. They said you shouldn't do that when you're when you're telling that joke. And I said, oh, I appreciate that. And I said, why? He said, well, it's like making fun of Asians. And I, I said, and my response Isn't was that like comedy making fun of everybody. I you know and I might <laughs> I mean, that comedy. I don't I don't get it. My response was like, I, I didn't, I never even looked at it like that, because like I don't look at people like you know that, like you're this or that or anything like because you're, you're not just, labeling people. just people, you know, and it's like the lady just talked like that, but I don't know, I, that was my opinion on it, and I, and I end up going back to it, you know what I mean? Because people were like, and I talked to other people, you know what I mean, who thought it was funny, who who were Asian, like you know what I mean, someone was at a show and you know what I mean, I, I they happened to come up after the show and we got to be like, it was like this guy and his girlfriend and they end up like saying they laugh they like that part so it's like i don't know it's a fine like some people i don't think you're ever going to be able to go out there i think go out there be yourself if someone gets offended and they, they talk to you about it they they approach you about it, i think it's okay to talk to absolutely them. be like because i don't want to be the guy like fuck you don't I tell me to be like oh man listen i don't want to ever ruin someone's night you know what I mean? that's the last thing you probably had to get a babysitter you spent money on drinks you're having a good time i'm not here to do that you know and but they know where they're going yeah that's my argument yeah i mean i agree with that and, and you know i was a little kid and i can't say my parents had the album but one of their friends had left a had left a red fox album yeah album in our house and of course i found that it not <laughs> 10 years old right? i'm like whoa yeah <laughs> so but you know could those folks do it today could carlin survive today could lenny bruce they, red fox could my, early eddie murphy could they make it today I, I like here's the thing i think like those guys were so talented especially early eddie murphy i mean he was just a star and like i don't think like his mentality he was gonna be like i don't know eddie murphy but it's like i feel like he was gonna be eddie murphy no matter what he like, would maneuver the new environment exactly okay. he would and i think that yeah he would have survived i mean i think all those guys i mean you look back and I, I just think that the people that are actually going to these comedy shows from my experience rarely have i heard anyone say anything about, and I'm, i've heard people say some fucked up shit mm -hmm. rarely have i said some seen someone say like, i'm never coming back to a show it's more or less it got the ideology behind it because if people would, would, try, would put shit on the internet, people would get pissed about it. Then people would be like, oh, you know, you guys are pussies or whatever. Like, that's what's going to happen when you put shit on the internet. Right. Like, people, you're, there's, if someone wants to, you know what I mean, they can find something wrong with what you're saying. Like, I think, like, for me, like, the best policy, like, I just talk about myself you know what I mean? In my experiences in life, and say fuck out politics. That's like my two things. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Everything else, it's like everyone else can have. But like those stories about myself, it's hard to see. It's hard for me to you get offended when I'm talking about me. So help me understand the landscape now. So you've obviously uh, have watched a lot of comedy, and you've yeah. been to a lot of shows. So you've seen samplings of other comedians. Are there politicians out there that are talking politics? Is it, is is it a is it part of comedy now? Because I don't know. I, I don't I, go to enough stand up <laughs> to really know that. Answer. I mean, you would you would see. I would definitely hear some stuff. Um, yeah, at the open, I would hear, you'd hear that more at the open mics. But it doesn't go over for the more polished comedians. They stay away from it. I'd say the majority of the dudes that I know that are doing well stay stay away from it for sure. Okay. Um, the reason, like, I, I don't know, just for me because. 
like, I mean, if you watch the Michael Jordan 30 for 30 to last dance, like, when he was saying, like, he played basketball, he didn't take a side. He said because Republicans buy tennis shoes, too. Yeah. Like, th- that's exactly what it is. Like, of course. I might say something it's business. that pisses someone off, mm-hmm. and they might decide to unfollow me. And, you know, what? No it's big- such a fucked up way to live, though. I mean, yeah. from my vantage point that we've come as far as a society that, yeah. that others are worried about losing others' attention yeah. because of politics is just it's just amazing to me that we care that much about something that really doesn't affect uh-huh. us directly that much. Well, like my, my whole thing with like that is it's like, I feel like everyone, we've talked about this before. Everyone grew up different. Right. Everyone comes from a different neighborhood, different background, different, d- different schools. So mm-hmm. why would we ever think that we were all going to have the same political opinions on, on, on everything? And like, mm-hmm. we don't. And like, I just remember like times when people didn't talk about, their politics they just you remember like, those times huh? they, they talk were about that all the time they would just go vote and that would be it like right. i'm dude i'm pro like i would love to see everybody succeed you right. know what i mean that's like my feelings you're on pro t- people right like <laughs> i i love people i love when people are doing good i right. love like when dudes from pittsburgh have already made it and like yeah. i'm cool like i love yeah. to see their their stories mm-hmm. um like that's what i mean like i'm not i'm more concerned with them and i'd rather like pay attention to that or to like you know, helping my or my own podcast or fucking coming out here, right. then they're like getting in an argument with someone on the internet about politics because got no time for that nonsense. And, and, and it, you know, you get a lot of shit posting that gets people fired up, and then people stay in that zone of like shit posting, shit post. That's like once in a while, I like come across a po- positive story and I'll like repost it because like I love hearing good stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember there was a, it was weird when all this shit was going on. There was like people were just like arguing with each other with the the George Floyd stuff. It was just like, mm-hmm. it, it was crazy. And I remember there was this young black kid who saved this baby from like falling off his balcony and he climbed up the side of a building to do it like Spider-Man. I think I saw that story. Yeah. And like, I remember I posted that cause I'm like, dude, like we need like more shit like this. There's no question. Like, like, like we're together. Like I live in a pretty diverse neighborhood and mm-hmm. it's like, I know on our street, like I do as well. There's not like, we're never taught like your kids out there playing are you gonna be out here for a second hitting them golf balls yeah could you keep an eye on absolutely yeah. uh hey i'm not gonna be around this weekend if you see something on my porch right, we grab it and it's like i never thought that like to, in my mind i'm like it can't be this divided like we're not we're up here i don't think it is yeah I, I, we talked about it. I, I honestly think that what we see and we hear about, and I mean here, like here from media. Yeah. You know, I mean media, all media. Right. Left, right, center, whatever. Yeah. But if you look at all that stuff, all that shit, it still only represents like 1% of the people in the country. Right. That are doing that stuff. Less than 1%. Engaged right. in those acts. Right. You know, just because three people firebomb a courthouse and it gets all this media coverage and it's all over the world. Right. Those three people... As a 360 million in this right. country. I mean, come on. that Those three people don't run the narrative for the rest of us. Shame on us for letting them do it. Right. So and, that's my point. And, like, my thing is, like, people, different people are going to get upset about different things. And, like, if of I'm course. friends with people and they're like, dude, this is a cause, like, then I'm all, uh, then I'm like, I, I support you and your yeah. cause. You have the right to be upset about whatever right, you want to ex- be. Exactly. Right. I don't think it's wise for your health, <laughs> but you're, wel- you're welcome to do it. But I think that was, like, where I started seeing it, like people would get upset about something. Other people would get upset that they were upset. And then now it's like, where the fuck are we going with this? It's crazy. 
it, and I, I'll be honest, like there's like like me on Facebook and shit. Like there's people I snooze not because I don't like mm-hmm. them or I don't love them. Even people in my own family, it's because they're like posting like political. And I'm just like I, I don't want to see it. I stopped watching the news not because I don't give a fuck what's going on in the world. It's because I care what's going on in my fucking street, and I need to have my mind right. Like when I go out there and approach, you know what I mean. I don't want to mm-hmm. leave my house affected and having my TV affect the narrative Absolutely of my right. day. Absolutely right. Because like I mean I got like my neighbors they're the best. You yep. know what I mean? We all get like I love where I live yep. at. I live at Whitaker, yep. like Whitaker Monho. Mm-hmm. And like dude, it, it's just like the and I, I don't ever want to like have some T V even though I don't I never was, I just don't want to be like thinking like well this guy like Trump's or he hates us. Or Whitt- like yeah, yeah I mean Whitaker Monho, Larkspur. You know where Larkspur is at? Yeah. Yeah, I was just down that way. Where where are you? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I'll be happy. I'm someone that will be happy when the election's over for sure and then we move forward and, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be super happy. I, I think, too, the country is so um, angst-ridden right now because of the pandemic. And the, yeah. I mean, and I get it, man. I mean, if I was younger, I probably would have more angst. If my if my children were young or I was just having kids or I was thinking about having kids, as a young person or a younger a young parent, I would be gorked out of my mind now too. And you get, you know, you get to fifty or older, you know, you probably don't take things with the same amount of, you know, you've been around the block a few times, so you yeah. may not react to that stuff as, as a younger person. I get it. I totally get it. I just don't think that fighting with each other is the route the route to take to get out of it. I I just felt like like I remember like when nine eleven happened and you know a terrible tragedy, and I remember I felt like. That was like weird. It was weird because I felt like a lot of people were like coming together, mm-hmm. like for something like that. And like that's, you know, that's I, before I, social media. Though. Yeah, I I wish like, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I feel like there's so many good people out there that I just feel like, you know, I don't know. It, it just kind of upsets me, that, like, because I, I see people fighting on, that I know. Like, I'll be right. like, "Why are they fight? like? We grew up together. What the fuck are they fighting about on the internet?" Well, they're letting somebody else control what they get passionate. Yeah, about. I mean, if people would really look inside, like you talked about earlier, find out what they're passionate about. That's that's for themselves, self interest, and do that. I mean, they would end up being much happier in their activity than just watching the internet and someone else talking about something that they should be passionate about. Right. Quit being dictated to. Yeah. That, I, that, that's it's just, you know, and, and I'm not saying I have all the answers. I don't. But I, I watch and I observe a lot, and I don't understand why we've we've let other people set the narrative for us. Man. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just weird because, like, if you turn on, if you turn on one station, it's one thing. If you turn on CNN, mm-hmm. it's one thing. If you turn on Fox, it's another. And it's just like, who? And neither one of them are right. Right. It's like, where's the, f- like, I just wish there was someone, like, right down the middle. Like, here's what's actually going on. And, like. Doesn't sell. Pu- that's true. And because, well, news is it's the highest ratings it's ever got. It's not news, though. No. It's people are stuck. It's entertainment. At- yeah. But, I mean. They- you they- like sports? Love sports. All right. What's your favorite Pittsburgh team? Steelers. You Steelers fan? Yeah. It can't, can't be the Pirates. No, nah, Steelers. Oh I'm a, what? A, what? A, <laughs> what that? I, mean, I, I don't know what the Pirates are anymore. I was laughing coming in here tonight before you got here. They were like they lost again or something. They got a no hitter thrown against. Them. Yeah, yeah. That was yesterday. Yeah. right? They lost ten to three today, but I couldn't tell. The game was over, and they were talking about the game, the announcers, but I couldn't tell based upon their inflection. Who won the game? Yeah. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And our player of the game is Jason Stallings or whatever. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe the Pirates actually won one. 
Unfortunately, they're on the bottom of a 10 to 3 decision today. <laughs> they're doing their best to sell it, man. <laughs> they're doing their best to sell it to us, but it's just it's garbage. The question about sports came up because, you know, I've said this and I'll say it to him blue in the face. Somehow along the way, my friend, we decided to to look at politics like sports. Like we've picked a side and now we're so ingrained in that side and we're gonna root for our side and yeah. die hard this or we're die hard that. It's like the Yankees and Red Sox, right? The Republicans are the Yankees and the Democrats are the Red Sox and you know, they hate each other. They hate and now and, and the people that are rooting for one or the other are like fighting. They're like it never used to be like, hatred. It's like it's insanity. It, it's, it's not it, a sports team, it's a political party for uh, God's sake. Yeah, it, I mean I'm not intelligent enough like to even comment like what, like when people talk to me about politics, I'm like, I, you know, I watch a little bit, but it, it kind of like makes me sick to my stomach thinking like they don't give like I feel like they don't give a fuck about us. Of course not. So like of why not? Why would At I all levels? Why would I focus any of my energy? Exactly. And and I didn't. Me and my I got to a point during the pandemic where like my girlfriend I get him from work and I'm like we're not I, like I didn't like put my foot it wasn't like she was like but she would like have the news on she like on her iPad and I like, I can't watch this anymore because it's like every day it was like COVID this cases well and I'm just like it was just too much you're trying to keep everybody at the edge of their seat right they want to capture because think about the avenue uh, the, the revenue dollars the advertising it's right insane. We're, we're getting played yeah and we're it, getting played man like you said though there'll be like a small story or a small amount, you know, it, like you said, and they'll announce it, and they'll be like, and it's actually like less than 1% of the country, you know, like that did like some terrible act, but that'll be our front story. They won't say, well, everyone else, you know, there was of a course. part, there was a great, amazing group of people got together and they fed homeless people. It doesn't people. sell. Right. It doesn't sell. And all the people, what's really interesting is that, you know, I, I absolutely believe that we need to improve in a lot of ways in this country. Yeah. Racism is, racism is absolutely, positively a real thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't really like the word sy- systemic, but I will not. If someone believes that word applies to it, then then that's fine. But it's certainly something that we need to be better at, way right. better. Absolutely. And, there's, and it's got so many components. My only thing is, and I want to say this because I really believe this, we're letting the term racist or the color of our skin, we're letting the whole thing if affect our ability to talk to each other. Yeah. Which is insanity. That, that, that no no sophisticated or wise person would let any issue keep from having dialogue. Because without dialogue, we have got nothing. And and I'll tell you what, like I think like the way you say that about like that, like that's how I feel that we're letting our political parties dictate whether we'll be friends. And and it that like actually drives me insane because I'm like, like there's like my friends I can say this are like split on this and they're like we'll be out like golfing and someone will bring, you know it's just like come why on why are we talking about it because, and, and it's you know? the thing here's why we're talking about it because someone you will go that up. we used to not talk about it someone will, will go like this look mm-hmm. at their phone and, um next thing you know it goes. Uh, got some good news here <laughs> look at their phone and it's something political of you course. know what i mean and it's saying some fucked up uh 
what's that called clickbait oh yeah you know yeah. you jump on it's it and, played. but a lot of times i realize when you read the whole article it's not nearly as bad as that fucking headline is you know what i mean of course not and i'm just like of course oh. not man i feel like i'm just being you know fed bad news all, to keep me down but i don't really but now i don't do it so it's like all violence to me i think is just terrible and we shouldn't celebrate it and I think it's good to be aware when it happens. I'm not saying it's not, a, but but I, but it's such a small small amount of the total population. Right. I yeah. mean, life the the world is not on fire, and I say this all the time. But you would think, watching the news, that the world that America's burning, the whole country's on fire. No, we're not. That's I mean, <laughs> we're not on fire. There was like we had like protests here, and like I was actually like like working. And there was like people protesting in Shady Side, and like the one day when I seen them, like I'm not sure, like nothing happened. Like of I, not. I was like there. They're, they're peaceful, peaceful protests. They were doing their thing, and they a they, ton, a ton more of that. But like they were like then when I went home and watched the news, mm-hmm. they, like you would have thought it was like World course, War Three that they were like. I'm like, dude, I That's was just shows. drove by there, like no right. one was doing. They were marching. They were literally just marching down Fifth Avenue, mm-hmm. and I'm like. And luckily, like, I was here in a, a big spray truck, and I, like, just got, you know what I mean, passed her. I would probably had to sit there till they passed, but I was, like, I got through it, but, like, not one, no one was firing bottles at, at my truck. Not. And it was just, like, when you turn on some stations, it'll be, like, they're out of control. I'm, like, dude, I just fucking seen these people, like, you know, and mm-hmm. then the other side gets fired up, and they're, like, we can't have their room. Like, dude, they, it's just such a mind fuck. It only takes a handful of people to change the entire news cycle. Yeah. That's all it takes. Yeah. A handful of people to change the entire news cycle and give the impression that the actions of five people, the negative actions of five people, are reflective of the entire country. Yeah. We're that stupid as a people to believe that shit. Yeah. Which is just, and again, we're down a rabbit hole, but but I just don't think that the world's on fire. It's just not. We're, I didn't have any problem coming down here tonight. There was some people like shooting me or throwing, <laughs> firebombing my car. I didn't see anyone. You know, I, I, with that, but you would believe otherwise. I, I think know? I feel like like a lot like doing comedy. I feel like there there is in that like I know with like certain there, there's definitely unity. Like that's one I would imagine. And another thing like sports like it mm-hmm. was upsetting. Like I, I'm a big, I love high school sports because right. it, that brought. When I was growing up, that brought us kids. It was like kids in Greenfield was like pretty much all white. And then kids from Hazelwood, they were like all black. And we're like still cool with these Absolutely. kids today. But it brought us in each other's element. Absolutely. But not just to like hang out. Like we learned how to like depend on each other and be brothers. Like I Teammates. Lo- I loved I love those guys. And like I think in my head, like that is a fucking shame if kids don't get to play high school sports because I'm t- like my experience was it, it brought all of us together. Absolutely right. Like, like you play football with a guy, you know what I mean. And you see him walking down the hall, and you're gonna, you guys are gonna splow each other up. Amen. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Now, if we never had that football team, we wouldn't have known each other. We might never have talked. Absolutely right. And and you know, and and shame us, shame on us adults not enabling our kids to foster those relationships. And yeah. Now, sometimes it's government doing it, obviously, but every chance, like I know my parents, every chance they had, uh, they made sure that I understood diversity. Yeah. And never shied away ever from me participating in diverse crowds, diverse activities, 
it was this is where we live this is what we did these are yeah. our neighbors yeah and i i think that that was a great way to grow up you know and so if I, if I was lucky in any way it was experiencing that but i'm not alone in that i mean it yeah. sounds like you grew up in the exact same environment yeah. but not all every kid does unfortunately yeah and i mean it, it was just i mean it, it just, it's a shame when i think about those kids because not being able to play because they put in all that hard work and then well, they, some are going to play right i mean i actually think they're playing and my girlfriend's dad is a high school football coach he helps he's like retired but he, he still helps coach mm-hmm. and um i believe they're playing now what this stipulations are they're pretty strict like if you one sure. kid gets covid the whole team shut down for two weeks so I don't know how that's going to play out, which I, I mean, it is what it, like, I hope this is over by next season for these kids. And they don't, my thing was, I was thinking, what if you're a kid and you're a senior this year, you, you had a decent junior year, but you busted your dick after football season, you bulked up senior year. You're going to be starting. You're going to be, have a chance to go somewhere maybe. And then like, now you're not playing. It's mm-hmm. like, how do they know the, to give you a scholarship or you know what i mean like yeah it's it's very difficult and i i hope that the parents are able to go watch the games too i mean we've proven we you know the the protests were peaceful and, and people did it safely for the most part the, the the protests were safe so if we can protest safely we certainly can go watch a high school football game safely as well too i agree think so yeah and that's where i think a lot of the residents have a big problem from all walks of life with the current governor on this issue about no attending of the, of the sporting events on high school level. I'm not going to argue professional sports. Right. I don't know enough to even give you an opinion. Right. But parents should be able to see their kids play. Right. I mean, I like my whole thing is like, I, I don't even use like the, the protest as like a, like a thing like, well, they did it. So like we, oh, no, 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 I'm I saying, know no, no. I'm saying the argument right now is that we can't, go watch, watch the, the game kids. because we're not oh i'm not this isn't a, a comment on, on yeah the, the protests are valid or not i think they're absolutely valid but we've proven that we can do it correctly right and if we've proven it already two months ago when the when it initially started we definitely can go see a high school game safely right. and and people i think that like didn't play sports and things like that i like their voice those are voices i see where it's not that important i'm like thinking dude you have no idea right how much how important that is right now like, like that shit is what bring kids like brings young men together in mm-hmm. young women because like you know absolutely right you got like the girls are they're active and they, it gives you something to do when i was in high school if i didn't have sports or work i was drinking right that's what i was doing right you know i wasn't a star athlete it communities together too it does like i mean our neighborhood like we had a neighborhood football team greenfield and we all played i mean like dude that was like a big deal on saturdays to go up sure. and it's weird because we would play kids from like Steel Valley, Swissville, you know, and, and sometimes you even see some of those kids right. out, and you're like, you don't like hate, you know what I mean? Like, hey, then you well, play. Yeah, well, the other thing too, though, is if they can do it safely, you know, it's so vital that the parents and the family have the opportunity, yeah, to watch these kids. The kids love that, right? It's part of the experience for the kid too. It right. absolutely is. Yeah, you want your, you know, you want your mom and dad there sure if you score a touchdown. I, I agree. I would like to see that, like, especially if they just do it, like you said, do it safe. Like, we're going to limit it. The parents, the grandparents want to be there. Of course. Of <laughs> Let course. the parents and the grandparents come. Of course. And, 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 you know, look, we can go to Home Depot, Walmart, and all that, and we're doing it supposedly safely. Right. We're social distancing. We've social distanced in every other aspect of our life. Like restaurants. Right. And I, the only reason I brought the protest up is because there's a congregation of a lot of people, but we did it right. Right. So we can do this right too. I I didn't like the fact how like the governor came out and he said, 
I recommend that you guys don't play. My thing was like that was such a a bow out. Of course, a, it was. A, poli- a, poli- of a politician's course it anus. He can't answer. lose there, see? M- right? Because then it's like he if you go lose. ahead, because it's like this. If you you know what it is. If you go ahead and play something bad, part. I mean, some TV. I told you so. Of course. So now you got all these people fucking fighting. It's like Edging that's not a leader. Like to me, that's not that's well, not leadership. Yeah, that's a whole. That's a. <laughs> we, we, we've not we've not had much leadership in this state in yeah. regards to the pandemic. But again. You know, it's the first time in in how many you know in it's a, like a hundred and two years, years. Yeah. hundred and two yeah, years. Think about that, the that old bubonic plague. That's exactly <laughs> right. But, um, dude, this was great. I had a great time. Did you, man? I had Wait. a great time too. All but right. So how can they reach you now? And how can they? I, well, mm-hmm. besides obviously getting a free bottle of water here, <laughs> I'm gonna let him plug uh, his podcast too. Yeah, if you want to find us, you can find us. We're on every platform. If you want to listen to us, Apple, Google. Um, Spotify, iHeartRadio. It's under Greenfield's Finest Podcast. Check it out. You can also follow us on Facebook, Greenfield's Finest Podcast, on our fan page, uh, Instagram, Greenfield's Finest Podcast, and our uh, Twitter feed, type in Greenfield's Finest Podcast. And we need YouTube subscribers. And we're like putting up a bunch of content. It's like four guys chilling. It's pretty funny. Um, oh, it's funny. We put a lot of work into it. It's not like guys sitting there and there's not a lot of like, mmm. And uh, it's a fucking full-on conversation. We're right. talking about n- no politics, not like that. Yeah, it's all silly shit that's happening in America, like throughout the week or the world, wherever. But check it out, and thank you so much for having me, dude. Dude, this was <laughs> great. Thank you for coming on. And, and um, you're going to be resuming stand-up here as soon as the venue start opening up. Is that right? Yeah, we actually – I did a show two – Two weeks ago, okay, and I'm um, over in uh, Manchester in a parking lot where Johnny Angel's chingy stuff, yeah, 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 yeah. Genji stuff, Genji yeah, yeah, stuff. Genji, yep. So I uh, another podcast, you jag off the they. Uh, oh they, yeah, I'm very familiar with with um John Rachel, Cham- Rachel and John Chamberlain. Yeah, and they were like they put on the show. Oh yeah, and then um like, cool. I was part of it. It it was awesome. They, they, they did the show. John and Rachel did, did this show. Oh, did they? Uh huh. And like, dude, to me, it was like the. I was like, this is nice. And then what they did was they sold tickets for it. And then there was four of us there, and they were like, they split the money between the comedians, and it was nice because like I didn't expect anything. Yeah, you know I mean, I was like, oh, this is awesome. But they, I think they're going to continue to do them with different comedians. But that's great. So like, keep your eyes mm-hmm. open for that. But well, we're starting to slowly open up now, right? I mean, I, agree. I definitely think I. It's the fucking some of the funniest shit you see is like people <laughs> sitting outside in parking spots and it's like restaurants just don't give a fuck. I love you it. Have now. I mean, this has got a, this whole. I mean, mm-hmm. I would think that you folks, you comedians, are going to come out of this pandemic with a shit ton of material. I mean, I think a lot of us have the same fucking jokes. I, <laughs> if you think about like some of the funniest shit you see, though, is like you'll drive past the little diner. And they put up an umbrella, and they're and they're taking up four parking spots, and now that's a booth. And I'm like, you know what, fuck you, you gotta do. Like I support that. I'm like, dude, do what you gotta yeah, do to stay open. Yeah, right man. on, right on. I can't, I can't thank you enough, man. This was great. Absolutely, thank you for having me, man. All right, man. We are out.